Hi everyone, this is Sarah McFarland from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Suzanne DeLamonte from Brown University, who recently joined us for the sixth webinar in the Science of Aging series, a joint webinar series brought to you by Inside Scientific and the American Physiological Society. Suzanne's presentation gave an overview of her research involving dementia, Alzheimer's, and the aging brain. Let's dive in. Okay, so the first question here, is there any specific neurodegeneration that could appear in primary progressive multiple sclerosis? That's an excellent question. I think the current concept is that perhaps multiple sclerosis is a form of neurodegeneration. And it is inflammatory driven by and large because we know it gets exacerbated with inflammatory responses and we can always see the inflammation. But it is also true that there are impairments in the insulin pathway and affecting mainly the myelin cells. And so there are approaches, for example, to go after what are called PPAR or peroxisome proliferated activated receptor agonists to attack those deficits in insulin actions and IGF-1 actions on the myelin. So it is a form of neurodegeneration, but it has this up and down course, whether it's the, the exacerbating and remitting variant or the progressive variant, you end up with degeneration of the myelin, and that in itself leads to a progressive loss of axonal function. But in it, it's curious that it still is somehow linked to the insulin IGF pathway, and one of the approaches is to go after the signaling that goes through those mechanisms. Great. Thank you for that answer. The next question here is, are there any sex differences in the incidence of Alzheimer's disease and also histopathological differences between males and females? So the, the male-female differences, um, when they exist, um, are shown up um, histopathologically. There's always a question that females are more vulnerable to um, Alzheimer's than males. It shows study after study after study. We have to bear in mind, and, and not to really label anybody in any particular way, there are people whose demands and multitasking may be higher, and so their threshold for detection may be a lot lower. That's one. There's a lot of people, let's say you have people people who are important ranks and they're kind of assisted, if you will, or covered up by all the help they get. Still having said that, there is an estrogen or, or um, sex hormone impact in terms of stress and tolerance of uh, cells to the, the loss of these sex hormones. And so that may be one of the things that is impacting the higher rates of AD or any neurodegenerative disease in women than men. So there are two, it's always a double pronged thing where it shows up earlier and, and more frequently in females, but it may be a double hit in the sense that yes, sex hormones play a role. We know that, but so does society. Okay, great. We've got another question here. Is there an explanation for the differences in the degree of damage in different areas of the brain? Are some areas more protected and some areas more damaged? And do we know why? I think it's that's an excellent question. And if you look at any kind of disease, let's say you look at alcoholic brain disease is one of my favorite areas of research. It actually overlaps with the areas of Alzheimer's disease. And it just so happens that in the areas around the ventricle, 
all the, the, the place where the cerebral spinal fluid is, is that's where most of the damage from Alzheimer's and um, alcohol occur, except that the cerebellum is largely spared in uh, AD and not in alcohol. It turns out that we don't actually know the answer to that, but if you look at frontal temporal dementia or diffuse dementia with Lewy bodies or anything like that or Parkinson's, they have their signature locations. But when you look closely enough, they are hardest hit and other areas get roped into it as time goes on. So AD, even though it's pretty much a medial temporal lobe, amygdala, hippocampus, um, frontal lobe, cingulate gyrus, those areas are the top places. If you wait long enough and the, the brain survives, eventually the whole brain does undergo atrophy. Why are specific targets? We don't know. Huntington's, for example, is pretty much a striatal abnormality. And everybody always says, you know, yes, um, caught aputamen, caught aputamen. But when you look at the NCH um, Huntington's, guess what happens? You lose 30% of the entire brain. So it's what's hit early, what produces the symptoms to give it its name, and then what gets roped in as the process goes on. So I think of it as a selectively vulnerable early target that eventually involves much more of the brain than um, we're given, we're, we're led to believe in the stages of disease where the characteristic features are manifested. Okay, makes sense. Great. So the next question here, is the rise in age-specific mortality from Alzheimer's disease since 1980 because MDs in the 80s rarely used AD as the cause of death and now they do? I think not because the rates of detection from 1980, if you just, uh, I, I think that Alzheimer's, you're right in the sense that Alzheimer's diagnoses have improved, but in terms of the pathology of it, that is, it, it doesn't say that people died from Alzheimer's necessarily. It means they died with it. And so they can have a heart attack, but they still have dementia. I don't think people miss dementia. I mean, it, that's not, that's not missable. And so that's where you can make the call. But the question is, are they getting better diagnosis? It, it was like a bad term, like people didn't want to say the C word than when they had cancer. I don't think so. I think there actually has been a shift, especially in the last 10 years where you can see that the rates have gone down. And so even with that, since the cardiovascular risk, risks have been improved, people have started to take care of those. Believe it or not, there's been sort of a downtick in AD. So we know that we can manipulate some of this to some extent. It's not, and I think that is, um, there's been published a few times showing that by taking care of the cardiovascular risk factors, you in fact protect the brain to some degree. Again, showing that exposures and lifestyles can impact the brain, and therefore we should take that to heart in terms of how we can manipulate what goes on going forward in preventing neurodegeneration. Okay, great. During type 2 diabetes, along with reduction in insulin production, many patients have also increased glucagon production. How does this affect brain health? So we've done a lot of studies and others have done glucagon uh, studies as well. There are not 100% concordance between glucagon is in the brain in the first place. They're not 100% concordance the way the hormones flip over between the abnormalities that are present in systemic circulation and the ones that are present in the brain. For example, some of the integrins and things like that change and they're not exactly the same as in the brain and as they are in the body. The peripheral glucagon levels are probably less 
less important. I wouldn't swear by that because you'd have to do a knockout study to find out if you knock it out peripherally or you overexpress it um, peripherally. Does that impact brain? But the brain makes its own. And as far as I know, it does, in fact, go the other way. So it's uh, not necessarily compensatory with the insulin that's declined. So I don't have a firm answer to that, but I do know that those hormones all get changed with time. But we focus on the insulin IGF because we can actually manage them and they are the master hormones. The glucagon changes are later and so they may be responsive to the deficits. hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune in to future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.